Hello and welcome to Have I Got Moves For You, a new dairy podcast brought to you by Farmers Guardian and CMEX. I'm Farmers Guardian editor Ben Briggs, and over the next few months we're speaking to the people who make the dairy industry tick. We want to go beyond the milking cluster to understand what drives these individuals and their businesses forward. Available via your usual podcast provider, myself and Farmers Guardian Head of Livestock Katie Jones will seek to bring you a range of voices from across this vibrant industry. In this second episode of the podcast, we hear from David Wright, who is milking 140 pedigree Holsteins under the renowned Berry Home prefix at his family's farm near Kendall, Cumbria, where he works alongside his wife, Naomi, and his dad, Francis. He talks to Katie Jones about some of the cow families that have helped shape the herd. He also touches upon how sire selection is vital for the future consistency of the cows, which are now achieving an average yield of just under 11,000 litres. He also touches upon the importance of balancing the pedigree side of the business with the commercial aspect of putting litres in the tank. With the 2020 show season cancelled due to COVID-19, this is a timely and insightful look at why the show ring still has relevance for the commercial producer. CMEX is committed to delivering genetics for life in a world that demands compassionate sustainability. With health at the forefront of our innovation genetic solutions, CMEX's pledge to positively impacting profit on the dairy farm is unwavering. As all shows and farm visits are cancelled this year due to COVID-19, it is more important than ever that our industry continues to communicate and share experiences. To find out more about CMEX, visit www.cmex.co.uk. David, it's a real pleasure to talk to you today. Um, I would like to say a huge thank you on behalf of CMEX and Farmers Guardian for agreeing to talk to me for this latest pod. I know you've been busy lately getting silage in before the weather broke, so we do appreciate your time on this. So some of our listeners may already know you or have heard of the Berry Home name, but for those that perhaps don't, could you tell us a bit about the history behind the farm and Berry Home Holsteins? We have a family um, business here just outside Kendall, just in the um, in South Cumbria, just on the edge of the Lake District. It's actually been in my family since about 1919. My great-grandfather purchased it. He was the local blacksmith. He worked out of some premises down in the local village, which is now actually the local pub. And um, his son, Harold, my grandfather, had a keen interest in farming. So he um, bought the farm for Harold, really. And then, um, yeah, they said about stop, re- stop rearing here. A bit of all sorts, a bit of a marginal area. So lots of like gorse bushes on the land and um you know, from from fairly humble beginnings, Harold um, eventually got into milking short-arm cows. And then um, my dad joined him in the business in the 60s. My dad said about registering the Berry Home prefix and um, building up to pedigree. He's developed it along with my mother and a good team of staff. And yeah, and I, I've joined the business in more recent times and I guess focused on the um, pedigree side of the business and with the dairy. So that brings us to where we are today, really. And and just tell us a bit about the, the herd at the moment in terms of, of herd size, carving patterns, that sort of thing. We run about, we've got about 240 acres of land here, all, all down to grass. And we run about 140 um, milk cows. 
Pole Pedigree Holsteins, along with all the followers, there's just maybe just over 300 in total. We cow all year round. Currently, we're in a herd average of just under 11,000 litres. Them cows are um, some are housed, some are fully housed, and, and we have low yields grazed through the summer months as well. And before you you joined the business, did you did you go to college at all, or did you spend any time working on on other farms? I didn't really. No, I am. Um, I joined the farm here straight from school. I did have an assortment of jobs that I helped with um, along the way. Uh, I used to help Sheila Metcalf, the livestock photographer, a few days a week. Helped with some herds and shows. Did a lot of winter clipping for herds. But, but yeah, I've, I've pretty much been involved straight from school, really. The Berry Home name features fairly regularly in show reports in Farmers Guardian in, in normal times, of course. Have there been any standout show wins that kind of stick in the memory? We've been very fortunate to have had some success in the show ring. Sometimes I don't quite know how we've managed it, but there's been some, yeah, there's definitely been some that stick in my mind more than others. Obviously, winning the National Holstein show back in 2003 was quite a momentous occasion for us, probably in quite early days as well. And then to follow that up on a couple more occasions. And, and even some of the shows, you know, we had a great time at the Great Yorkshire Show a few years ago in 2015, where we were lucky enough to have the champion that day. So, yeah, so there's, there's been lo- lots of great days with some um, some fantastic individuals. Yeah, no, it's been, a, you know, we've had a nice run, so we've all enjoyed it as a family. And how important is the showing part of it um, to your business and and how do you balance this against the more commercial side of what you're doing just you know putting milk in the tank the show side of it is important to our business but fundamentally the um, day-to-day work the monthly milk check is what we're all about really and um, in recent times we perhaps haven't had as much time to focus on the shows because we've been busy um, at home developing the farm and the herd in general. But when I was young and when I first got involved in showing, I think it was really fundamental for myself as a young guy who was keen and interested and wanting to get involved and learn how it all worked. And met some great people, great social side to it as well. And um, yeah, just picked up lots of skills, not always having success, but definitely getting involved and the challenge of having a go was really important to me. I think I've picked up lots of skills which um, definitely benefit me on a daily basis. And then the show successes we've had have been a huge part of our business from a pedigree point of view. But having said that, we do try to keep our feet on the ground. And the things we've learned from those, those impressive individuals, we've definitely been able to spread throughout our herd and how we manage our herd and realising what a good Holstein cow is capable of. So perhaps it's maybe less about the showing now and more about everything else we get up to, but it's, it's definitely an important aspect and something that we enjoy taking part in when we can. Yeah, I think that's it. I think it's, it's, you know, it's a great opportunity to get off farm, isn't it? And I'm sure that's something that a lot of folk have really missed this summer. So um, hopefully next year, everything will be back to normal and we can get, get back out there again. I think you're absolutely right there, Katie. I think, I think with the lack of the shows this year, people might actually realise how much they do really miss it. And perhaps so they maybe next year they'll really get on board and, and, and make the most of it. So there'll be, there'll be many dairy farmers out there that operate on a more commercial basis and perhaps they maybe don't see the value in the pedigree cows. What would you, what would you say to them? That's a really good point, that, Katie. Well, all I would say to them is, obviously, each to their own, but some of the best cows that we've had here and some of the cows that we've had success with, not only have they um, been great show cows, but they've been fantastic 
milk you know they've often been our most productive cows like two of the cows that uh, we were very we're fortunate enough to have that were successful at the national Holstein show and went on to produce over a hundred thousand liters of milk in their lifetime so you know they've tremendously productive cows and here on the farm you know we definitely don't want the stigma that berry homes about fancy cows they don't really appeal to the commercial milk producer because because all the cows here have to live in cubicles there's definitely been a turn from the breeders that they don't want to breed these huge refined cows they want cows with a bit of substance they want balanced cows and i think the future of pedigree is in breeding a cow that's well balanced that's productive that's healthy and still has you know those great features like fantastic hooded cows cows that run well that are that are balanced that are, that are made right in the right proportions with with width and um, for the front legs through into the rumps and those are the sort of cows that we're going to be seeing in the show ring and those cows are probably the most profitable cows and and, and i think these cows will really appeal to the um, commercial milk producer and that's our next challenge i'd like to think we've already got some of them we're hopefully going to get on and breed some more of them you spoke about in recent times spending a lot more of your focus being on the development of the herd and the farm. Can you just give us a bit more detail about some of the things that you've done? When we were sort of getting going with this, maybe back in the late 90s, when I was like 16, you know, around the early 2000s, we um, we were very fortunate enough that we um, bought a calf in a sale, which was really going to be a show calf project for myself. I'd really taken a lot of time to convince my father that um, we really need to try and get our hands on something good to work with, to breed with for the herd. And uh, we were very fortunate that that particular um, animal grew up to make a tremendous cow for us. And she was far superior to anything else we had on the on the farm at the time. Back then, we'd run a system with self-feed silage, cows averaging six and a half thousand litres. All of a sudden, we when the original flow cow we had, when she matured, we had this amazing cow, which was not only a fantastic cow to look at with a wonderful show cow, she was a real milk cow as well. She gave loads of milk. She was a real pleasure to have on the farm, a great cow to manage. So that was a huge learning curve for us because back then we managed her as an individual because we had to because we didn't really have the facilities for to have a cow like that running with the rest of the herd. And we soon realized that this was the path we wanted to go down. So over the years, we've made various improvements to our farm and just 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 like everyone else does really not doing anything particularly special trying to pick out the bottlenecks for like cow comfort you know calf rearing and that's really helped us as we've bred on generations from that particular cow and lots of the, the other cows in the herd you know that, that that's all come in and benefited so rather than just an individual we've um, spread that those things through the way we manage our entire herd you know just recently we've made some improvements on cow comfort new cubicles we had a new parlor here actually a few years ago extra silage space got involved with some of the grant schemes for some new concrete areas through the yard and you put it all together and it definitely helps with the management of the entire herd really you mentioned your original flow cow has there been any other standout cow families in the herd that have really kind of you know changed the makeup of the herd 
Uh, yeah, it definitely has, yeah. Obviously, the Flo family I mentioned, that's been incredible for us. We've been incredibly fortunate to um, come across an individual like that. We've worked hard with uh, lots of ups and downs along the way. Some of the best cows um, often break your heart in one way or another. They've really bred on well for us through the generations. And still today, we've got, you know, got some some of our best individuals from that family other families that have done well for us um, in more recent times and um, we had a nice member of the earl family that and we brought here from the mckayley herd down in the south and we had a bit of fun showing her and um, she's left us some nice offspring some really nice daughters and granddaughters entering the herd from her now and lots of others we've worked with some of the original families like the lindas and the mods that my dad brought into the herd from like the club sales at Crewe and at Lancaster. In more recent times, we've had success bringing animals into the herd through embryos, adding new families to the herd, in particular maybe the Flanso family, the Apple family. We've got a nice line of the Rose family coming along. And yeah, no, it's um, it's always interesting to watch how these families perform in the herd, some, some better than others. You know, watching the generations develop, I guess, it's part of it's part of what makes us tick here, keeps us interested. And when investing in those new cow families, what is it that you're looking for in particular? We probably look for something that shows consistency, that maybe has generations of high classified cows, popular families as well that, um, that are going to be marketable and generations of good components. And, and I think the cow families that have good photographs and have been well marketed, if you get into those, a lot of the hard work's been done for you with all the classifications, the photographs, the milk records. You can kind of go straight to work with those families and you can have a bit of faith as well that um, they're going to deliver. And just going on to the sire side, when you're selecting your bulls, what's the biggest criteria you're looking for? And, and are there any bulls that have made their mark at Berry Home? Yeah, that's a really interesting topic. Obviously, we try and focus on quality and confirmation. It's not always easy choosing the right bulls. Quite a lot of trial and error involved. Often it seems like even the best ones aren't good enough, but we do like to use a selection of sires. Perhaps the downside to that is we use too many bulls and we don't get a stamp running throughout our herd. But we do like to use a mixture of proven and genomic bulls, probably recently favouring the proven sires, as I think they just give us that bit more reliability and consistency that we're looking for. We have had success with some of the genomic bulls in the past. But yeah, we like to have a selection of bulls, like I said, and some high production bulls, some high type bulls, you know, that transmit perhaps um, a bit more show type and some strength bulls and some refiners. And then also a couple of compact balanced bulls. We don't like to compromise on udders because that's really important to us. And I think there's enough bulls out there that you don't have to compromise on the health and man management traits either. And yeah, and then we like to put these together. We like to um, make individual corrective matings on our cows. We don't always get it right. And sometimes if you're trying to breed a superstar, you have to use extremes. But one of the downsides of that, and something we've been a bit guilty of in the past, that if you stack high type on high type, you can get some tall, gangly cows the sort of cows that if you ran them through a doorway, they wouldn't touch the sides, but some might bang the heads. And so, you know, we do try to stay away from that a little bit more now and try and focus on a more balanced cow. Some of the more standout sires 
in our herd. Obviously, this has been sponsored by CMEX. So among the younger cows and the two-year-olds, uh, we've been really impressed with the Unix heifers and milky good-udded daughters. We've got some great Dormans throughout our herd. He's done a really good job for us. And we've been impressed with the moguls um, and the mogul bloodlines like Seagull Bay Silver. And then some of the McCutcheon bloodlines have brought some really nice dairy qualities too. And all of this, you know, the, your, the focus on breeding, your cow families, the bulls that you've used, obviously a lot of that has contributed to you being named winners of the Holstein UK Premier Herd Award uh, last year. I know that you were meant to host an open day, weren't you, just in June, which obviously has been cancelled. But what does it mean to win an award like this? It's something we were quite shocked to win. We have been really thrilled about it, really. I think my dad's been really proud. He's, he probably wouldn't admit it that much, but I think he was over the moon about it. I suppose, in a way, it's a marking point to all his hard work throughout the years. And Thomas, who works with us here on the farm, and my dad's right-hand man, he's been fundamental as well at evolving this. So kind of great for everyone, really. And it wasn't really something we imagined winning, actually. It was always a bit of an ambition of mine. And to one day, because... In the past, we'd probably always worked with individuals and we'd preferred to show individuals rather than take part in the herds competitions. But more recently, we've been taking part in the winter herds competition with the Lancashire Club. But that was, again, just a group of individual cows. So last year, we decided we'd have a go at the um, the herd competition just for a bit of sport and just to try and gauge where we were at and where we needed to go. So for us to um, go all the way with it was a bit of a shock. But yeah, something I guess we can be really proud of as well. So as I mentioned before, the Open Day attached to the Premier Herd Awards was, was due to take place in June, which has been cancelled for obvious reasons. Is there any plans to, to hold that again maybe next year? There's definitely plans for us to try and host it in future. The Open Day was something that we were looking forward to hosting. I think when we first won the competition, the... Um, Lots of people soon are asking us, you know, we're looking forward to the open day. So with that comes a little bit of anxiety and feeling a little bit of pressure. Maybe you start to think perhaps I should have um, listened to the wife and um, maybe coming second wouldn't have been a bad idea. But yeah, it was something we were, we're looking for. We were looking forward to hosting. There's a bit of excitement, but also feeling of pressure of having um, lots of fellow farmers and lots of breeders and that you really respect coming to visit the farm and the herd. But at the same time, that'd be pretty exciting for us to showcase what we do here. And I guess at the end of the day, it is what it is. And that's what makes all farms unique. We actually had also planned, along with the um, open day, to host a sale. The format of the day would have been like a herd visit in the morning, uh, walk around the farm. And then after lunch, we were going to host a sale of about 25 to 30 lots, which is something that was quite exciting for us. It's not something we've ever done before. We're a little bit guilty of being cow collectors and perhaps not selling enough of our best. But I guess that's maybe what has helped us to do so well. But yeah, we were looking forward to the idea of having a sale and, and selling some of the ones that it would be sad to see go. At the same time, um, giving other breeders um, that are interested the opportunity to tap into the lines that have done so well for us. We have spoke with Holstein UK and we are in the process of confirming a, a new date. Obviously, it was going to be as a so like a very much a social day as well. So um, we've decided that we'll knock it on the head for this year and go for next like early in the summer next year. So hopefully, we'll be able to get a um, date out there soon. 
I'm sure there'll be lots of people that will be keen to hear that date and I think it'll be in a, a great time and I think to showcase the pedigree stock that you've got I think you know that'll be a great opportunity for you and the rest of the industry just on on the subject of of the pedigree world we're obviously in a changing landscape in terms of the dairy industry dairy farms are getting fewer margins are getting tighter we've heard in recent months about milk being poured down the drain do you see the the pedigree world evolving and perhaps changing in the future to adjust to this uh, for sure, yeah. I think um, I think things are always changing, and nothing stays the same forever, which is sometimes a good thing and sometimes not. I think the pedigree game has to evolve because as um, dairy farms get fewer and a lot of the herds get larger, it is is sometimes a worry that those um, individual cows and those generations of unbroken pedigrees are going to become less important to people. But actually, on the flip side of that, you know, that's maybe not the case, and and as people want to improve their herds you know that i think looking for top class genetics is something that it should be a priority for for everybody and and there's at the end of the day people always want a good one there's always somebody keen to buy a great one or a good one there's maybe not enough of them around so for pedigree breeders i think there is an opportunity to add value to the stock you know we need as, as in the milk market then they're always looking for added for value-added products and I think pedigree is a great way to add value to your stock. And those great cows, there's there's never enough of them. And for a lot of dairy people out there um, and for the staff involved on farms, having some great cows on your farm just is a way of enthusing the entire team, really. And again, it's a great way for young people as well to get involved with cattle, really. And I think it's something that is fundamental for the future of bringing young people into the industry. And as a, a young farmer yourself, what's your view on the future of dairy farming? And what would you what would you say to someone that's you know at, at the beginning of their career, perhaps they're just about to to leave school or college? What would be your words of encouragement to them? Find the path that they'd like to go down, and if that is in the in the dairy industry, and and whether you've got pedigree cattle or non pedigree cattle, I think um I think there's definitely gains through breeding to be made. And so I think it's just identifying the right kind of cow for your business, of, you know, for what runs on your farm with, and what runs with your management, whether it be a grazing type cow or, a, you know, all the other breeds and have a vision and just stick to it because that's definitely what we've done. We've always liked those great cows. We, we, you know, we like to see a row of um, lovely udded cows full of milk coming in the parlour in the morning. And we've, we've always strived to breed that. And I think for anybody, for, for any young person getting involved, getting involved with, you know, with pedigree cattle, it's, it's something that's been a real game changer for us and, and for me personally. And I think it's something that anybody can do. You can pick up great genetics for not huge price and you can work with them and you can put your own stamp on them in the future. And it just adds lots of interest at the farm on a daily basis, really. And I was doing a, a bit of research um, before I spoke to you today and I, I noticed that Berry Home is fairly active on social media and you've got Facebook and Instagram accounts. How important is that to what you're doing nowadays? If I'm honest, we kind of use that just for a bit of fun. You know, it's kind of good to post the odd things from time to time. We often rip my father on there. He's a popular sort of guy on that type of thing, even though he doesn't use it himself. But having said that, it is a fantastic platform. 
because things like you know if, if you attend shows or if you take part in herds competitions sometimes there's maybe a limited audience to, to what's going on and you might think hmm, what was this worth the effort or or the work that we've put into it but you can take a few pictures or videos and post them on social media and all of a sudden you've picked up a huge audience from all over the world as a good example of that we always take part in the um club winter herds competition and we think oh well if we're going to have a go we'll make a bit of an effort and i'm not the sort of person who can just start and do a half job so i want to start with something so before i know it i've maybe done a respectable show clip on them and then you think "Mm, we maybe should rinse them off as well and and then i think to myself why have we done all this work for just one person to visit the farm one judge but then you only need to take the odd picture or video and you've picked up a huge audience and it can't do you any harm, can it? You know, I think that's actually going on. That's another um, something that people, that loads of people are using as a fantastic way to market um, pedigree and genetics now. You know, it's a fantastic marketing tool. So that's it's a huge positive, really. But, but also something that can be taken as a bit of fun and light entertainment as well. Yeah, I think there's... Um... You know the power of social media is you know can't be underestimated. There's, there's so many people out there that that maybe wouldn't have access to to what you're doing, but they'll they'll see it on social media, and it's it's amazing how far it can can travel really. So obviously you mentioned your dad just then. Being a relatively s- small farm, what's the team of staff at Berry Home? So we've got quite a close knit team here, a good team, you know, a great team of people. We're kind of all in it, and we're all involved and. And I, and I think that's um, that's been part of the success that we've all been working to a common goal. My father, he's 75 now, but he's very much involved, perhaps in a slightly more advisory role than he used to. A real humble guy who keeps our feet on the ground. Definitely doesn't let us get too excited about too many things. He's he's probably our biggest critic, constantly letting me know if things aren't quite up to scratch. So that's um, great reassurance. And then we have Thomas, who's worked with us for a long time a fantastic um, part of a member of our team. Uh, we also have a young guy worked with us part-time. Uh, he's been with us for a few years, brings a bit of youth and enthusiasm to our team and you know some new ideas which is which we're really keen to embrace. And then also uh, my wife is now involved alongside her um, her job. She fits in a bit of time to help us on the farm, so that's great to have her on board as well. What does the future hold for Berry Home? Have you got any kind of plans in place that you want to act on in the next few years? Yeah, definitely. I think you've always got to look for plans going forward. We would like to just build on what we're already doing. Like, I think we've still got a long way to go. Um, still lots of things that we aren't quite satisfied with or things that we can improve, whether that be with the herd, with some of the cow families we're working with, or whether just the you know general aspects of um, how we run the farm. I guess spending money um, on a farm is a bit like filling the bathtub with the plug out. There's always something, new projects to keep the business moving forward and to try and make it as efficient as possible. And the other thing, I guess, from me would be um, marketing. You know, we, we've built up a great base of cattle here and we probably haven't marketed them enough. So it's definitely something that, that I would like to work on and um, going forward is marketing those cows and then bringing them to market perhaps a bit more than we have done. We started off this podcast talking about the show success that Berry Home has had would you be able to give a share a couple of of tips for people that want to get into showing? I wouldn't really say that that we've done anything particularly special and there's some people out there that do you know do a far better job than us but if I was to offer any tips I'd say um, 
attention to details, probably what it's all about, really, and um, and doing whatever you can to bring that animal to it to look its best. Because um, you've only got a small window when you're in a show ring of maybe 10 minutes to catch the judge's eye. So you really need to um, make sure you bring those animals out at the best. And I think attention to detail, uh, lots of work in the months beforehand in preparation. Um, you never stop learning as well, you know, see what other people are doing. Lots of friendly competition. But I think one of the things that I learned the most from was watching other people. You know, probably keeping my mouth closed and my eyes and my ears open and seeing what other people were doing. And, you know, and I think the way you look after these cows at home, having them in the routine and in, and in great health and in great condition. And then the challenge of taking them away from home to the show, getting them looking the best when they enter the ring. And, and that's always been one of the things I've enjoyed the most. But it's not always about the winning. I think there's a lot of personal satisfaction um, to see you stop looking at the best. So, so for people who want to get started, yeah, I think just watching other people work hard on the preparation, and particularly like the, the clipping, the washing, lots of attention to detail, and keep learning and, and enjoy it, really. You know, you make some great friends and some for life, really. Thanks to Katie for the interview, and to David for his insight on the world of pedigree breeding, milk production, and why the show ring remains relevant. That notion of quietly learning from others is not only applicable in the pedigree world, but right across agriculture and for people at all stages of their farming careers. That brings us to the end of our second episode of Have I Got Moves For You. Please keep an eye on Farmer's Guardian in print, online at fginsight.com and our social media channels for the next episode as well, of course, as your favourite podcast provider. But from Farmers Guardian and the team at CMEX, I hope you enjoyed the show. Stay safe and thank you for listening.